Napa know-how. At Napa Auto Parts, you can get $25 or more off brand new DeWalt power tools by trading in your old ones. You know, those worthless tools you never use anymore? Yeah, those dusty things can actually save you at least $25 on new DeWalt power tools. Hmm, not so worthless after all. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores, while supplies last. Offer ends 6 Everybody, what is going on? Welcome to PGA Live on Roto Grinders. I'm Eric Crane, filling in for Devo, filling in for Gib, and I'm joined by the man, the myth, the legend, the hundred thousand dollar man himself, STL Cards. What's going on, Justin? <laughs> hey, I'm I'm happy you're here. I was lonely sitting waiting <laughs> for somebody to come along. Uh, Gib is still on vacation. He will be back in two weeks, and uh, we found the uh, the great notorious who had a big week last week. He's going to be on next week. But it was a challenge to find somebody available on July 3rd. There was a miscommunication with Devo, so he's not here. And I was just sitting here waiting for somebody to join me. And you have so graciously volunteered your services for something that I'm sure you're not 100% prepared for. But we appreciate that very much, and we're thankful to have a co-host here with me tonight. I feel like I'm a solid 8% prepared. You think? You know, I... I was telling you before the show, normally I start off my golf research by watching this show. So I feel a little behind the curve right now where I'm just going to sit here. I'm not going to go back and watch the show because I'm not going to go. Yeah, you're going to go back and watch yourself. Oh, no, I can't do that. Do you ever watch your, do you ever watch your shows? No. Yeah, me either. I I can't can't do it. it. Yeah, me. (laughs) I I had to hear, I was listening to fantasy one day on XM and I heard my promo and I'm like, oh no, I got to change this. It's no good. Uh All right, guys, let's go ahead and talk about the Greenbrier Classic. Last year's champion, we didn't have a champion last year because it got rained out. It got flooded out, which is a very weird thing to have happen. The year before, though, it was Danny Lee with the win. Justin, I guess before we talk about this, though, you want to kind of recap what happened last week, though, don't you? Yeah, well, I mean, last week uh, it was a similar kind of field strength that we have this week. You're not going to see uh, strong fields. Uh, next week is the John Deere Classic, which is in my backyard, and that's not uh, that's always one of the weaker events of the year in terms of field strength. Uh, this week, you know, your first comment was, oh, Bill Haas is 10,800. What is, <laughs> what is this? Uh, so, I mean, it, that's what we're going to see here leading up to the Open Championship uh, in, in uh, two weeks' time. So you're, you're not going to see strong fields. And that's what we had last week. It was kind of a wide-open uh, field, and, you know, a lot of the uh, the bigger names disappointed. It was another week where we had a relatively low 6 out of 6 percentage on DraftKings, pretty remarkable for a 120-man field. We had a 120-man field last week. And, uh, you know, 74, I think, made the cut. But the six out of six percentage on DraftKings was still like 5%. I, it was – and then, of course, the U.S. Open, we had like 1% six out of six. So it's been a strange uh, few weeks for sure on the uh, the chalk golfers have, have kind of disappointed um, for the most part. So it was a weird event. Uh, Kyle Stanley was having a fantastic season, probably his best season on tour – you know, he, he disappointed a ton of people as a chalky play a few weeks back. His ownership's kind of been down since then. And uh, he kind of came out of nowhere with uh, with a win last week, played really good on the weekend. 
uh, pulled it out in a playoff over Charles Howell, who was making his first start in two and a half months because of injury. And, you know, Howell's always a guy that's relatively popular and he was cheap last week, but coming off an injury that kind of kept his ownership down a bit last week too. So uh, it was a weird event, uh, very tough scoring conditions there in uh, TPC Potomac last week, which was kind of expected coming in. It's a course that hadn't hosted a PGA Tour event since 2006. Uh, but, you know, since it's redesigned, it, there was a couple of uh, web.com events played there where scoring was very difficult. So it kind of played as expected. What, minus seven, I think, was the playoff, the winning score there last week. So mm-hmm. you see a little bit more this week in terms of birdies. This course tends to play around 12, 14, 16 under par for a winning score. But it's not – I mean, it kind of ranks in the middle of the pack as far as uh, ease – um, every year so it's not a it's not a super difficult event it's not a super easy event either gonna play in the middle of the pack in terms of difficulty and you know the field's kind of weak so um you know i'll give you a chance to jump in or anything relevant that you saw last week and then we can kind of uh, give a little breakdown of uh, of the course i'm just glad kyle F- stanley finally got the win like it was it's weird because i've been playing that guy forever i played about the masters that worked out well and um yeah like a lot of golf people they always are saying to me man Kyle Stanley's going to break through eventually this kid's really good he finally got the win but I'm looking forward to this week that's what I'm pumped about because now I'm doing my research on Monday it's a par 70 wide fairways and just what's kind of the way people want to attack this course for the Greenbrier Classic yeah I mean it's a par 70 so distance is never a huge factor it is on the longer side for a par 70 course about 7,300 yards which is part of what makes the play a little bit more difficult. But distance really isn't a huge advantage. It certainly helps. Um, the wide fairways kind of mitigate the, the benefit of accuracy. So the, the off-the-tee stats really don't jump out at me too much this week, uh, especially the accuracy with the wide fairways. So I'm really looking at this as yet another second-shot golf course. The good ball strikers, um, you know, the good approach players tend to be the ones that play well here. And also, this sometimes just turns into a putting contest. Uh, we've seen a lot of good putters excel here. It's, it's difficult. I mean, we almost always on this show kind of downplay the importance of putting because it's so variant uh, mm-hmm. in nature. But if you can find a guy who's good with his irons and his wedges and is also good with his, uh, with his putter, or at least has been trending in the right direction with his putter, I think those are the type of guys you want to target this week. It's a pretty wide open event. You're not going to see a ton of huge names here. And, you know, as we break down the top guys, you're going to start to see, oh, I can't believe this guy is (laughs) at this price, right? I mean, there's going to be a ton of guys like that this week. So it's pretty wide open. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw another kind of bunched up leaderboard here this week. And, um, but I mean, it's always fun to get DFS golf uh, going and and fun to see this event back after not, um, after not being able to have this event last year, I was looking at some of the pictures and, just how much uh, how inundated this course was with water from all accounts it's in pretty pristine shape so uh, it'll be fun to see this event get back on track and uh, hopefully they've got a they've got good weather for the for the tournament and you know you're talking about some of these top guys Patrick Reed he's price he's the most expensive guy here today it's 11,200 over in DraftKings but it was the guy right behind him that I like I said we were talking before the show and I said wait a second Bill Haas it's 10,800. What do you think about some of these top golfers, these guys that are over 10,000 this week? Yeah, I mean, you're going to see it, it's going to be the old, uh, I can't believe I'm paying this much for this guy because 
you know, DraftKings has to fill up the pricing tiers or else you're going to have everybody taking the top guys. So as a result, uh, you've get, you get a whole upper mid tier of guys that just seem extremely expensive compared to what you're uh, normally used to paying for them. I mean, I can't, uh, I can't remember a tournament where Bill Haas was 10,800. Now some of these other guys uh, we've seen in those price ranges before. So Patrick Reed, I think is the safest play. Uh, he's a guy that's been playing very well lately. You look at his last uh, six events, I believe he's got five top 25s, uh, three consecutive finishes that have been pretty solid. 13th at the U S open fifth at the travelers 17th at the quick and loan. So he's basically been playing every single week and, and he tends to heat up as the, you know, as the summer months come uh, you'll see Patrick Reed kind of go on a string of solid finishes. And there are times where, you know, he'll, he'll kind of go irrelevant uh, for, for extended periods. He's a very streaky player. Mm -hmm. So uh, he's trending in the right direction. Now the last two times he's played here, he's finished 26th and 29th. So uh, that to me seems like a floor for him. I'd be really surprised if he finished outside the top 30, given the way he's playing. Uh, I certainly like him a lot better than Bill Haas, who tends to not be a big scorer. I, I mean, Haas is playing well also. He finished 13th last week, but I, I'll definitely take Reed uh, with the $400, you know, only the $400 difference in price. Um, I think the biggest story in here, obviously, is Phil. Mm -hmm. What does he do with the caddy change? And obviously, you know, the casual player likes to talk about Phil. So I think it's kind of, he's kind of the wild card this week. Where does the ownership come on Phil? I think, you know, if you look at it, just look at the field coming in, I'm kind of surprised that Phil isn't the most expensive guy. Yeah, you know, that was one of the first things I sort of expected when I pulled up pricing. I said, okay, well, Phil, he's the biggest name. He's always going to have a lot of public support because, again, he's the biggest name in here. So I kind of expect him to be the most expensive. Seeing him as the fourth most expensive at 10400 he's 300 less than Kevin Kistner. That really surprised me. And like we said, it, he's going to be the big story. It's his first tourney since missing the U.S. Open for his daughter's graduation. Plus, he fired the caddy. I don't know what to think about Phil this week. I'm kind of torn. What do you think about him? Yeah, I'm probably off. Uh, I think his, his ownership is going to be too high because the field is so weak. I mean, you're going to see still hasn't missed a cut uh, all year. So I, I still think you're going to see people go there. I mean, obviously his brother's going to be caddying for him. So it's, it's not, it should not be a familiarity issue. Um, I'm trying to pull up odds. I'm not having much success because the site that I usually use does not have the, we, we normally tape this on Tuesday uh, and they don't uh, have odds up yet. So I'm attempting to find them someplace else to kind of see uh, what we've got for odds. I haven't had any luck just yet, but uh, it, I would be surprised if, you know, if Phil isn't up there in terms of the odds and the ownership, just because of the name factor. Yeah, I, I got odds for you if you want them. Yeah, if you on, right. yeah, go for it. Just yeah, these... Phil is twenty to one. Phil's twenty to one, and he is he has the uh, he's tied for the fourth highest odds. It's Patrick Reed. He's the favorite at twelve to one. Bill Haas fourteen to one. Kevin Kistner sixteen to one. Then Danny Lee, David Lingmurth, Phil Mickelson, Webb Simpson, all twenty to one. Yeah, uh, so I guess it's I mean it's not too far off as far as yeah. uh, you know where his price is. Um, compared to to his his odds but i don't know i still think i'm off of phil just a bad vibe obviously there's a just there's going to be distractions 
uh, when the media, you, you know, there's going to be questions about it. I mean, all he did a couple weeks ago was release a statement. I, I, I don't know. I just, I, I have my reservations about Phil and if he's going to be chalky, which I'm sure he will be. Yep. I mean, uh, Kisner's a guy that profiles well for this kind of golf course. I like him. Um, Webb Simpson, it all comes down to the putter. And especially since this is a course where the hot putter tends to do well, it's really difficult. Ugh. It's really difficult to pay that kind of price tag for, for Webb Simpson, but uh, he's got three top tens here in his career. So he's played well at this event in the past. The course history is there. Uh, he's also been playing fairly well lately. You know, if you look at his results, um, he was eighth at the Travelers. He made the cut at the U.S. Open. He was fifth at the Dean and DeLuke. He was 16th at the Players. And there's some tough fields in there. So given this field strength, I mean, Webb Simpson is priced appropriately. And I'll probably have some of him, even though it's tough to pay that price for him. It's all going to come down to his putter. He'll be fine off the tee. He'll be fine on approach. It's all a matter of whether Webb Simpson can make enough putts. And that's always the big if with him. So I, I think he's a fine play. I'd probably rank my interest given the pricing, Reed, Kisner, Simpson, you know, as far as my favorites for the above 10K guys. David Lingmer's been playing great golf, was in the mix last week, but uh, I'm not going to pay 10K for him. I think that's a little too much. <laughs> I feel like there are a number of people, though, that we're going to look at this week and say, that's very oh, true, yeah. I don't want to pay that for him as Bill Haas is the second most expensive guy. I mean, even Keegan Bradley's up there at 9,400. I mean, yeesh. Yeah, this goes this goes downhill in mm-hmm. a hurry. Yeah, I, we kind of skipped over Danny Lee sitting there at ninety five hundred. He's what twenty to one, I said. And this is a guy he's I expect to be popular since he's the last guy to win here. What do we think about Danny Lee? I like Danny Lee. I, in fact, it hasn't dropped yet because it's only Monday. But I did put him, uh, I put him in my video my for the homepage on Roto Grinders this week, uh, Fantasy Foursome video. Seems like a really safe play. I mean, you look at the price, uh, ninety five hundred. I think is reasonable for him. He's another guy that tends to play uh, in streaks. And you look at uh, his form since uh, the beginning of May. He's played a lot of golf, and he hasn't missed a cut since the players. He was fifth at the Byron Nelson, sixth at the Dean and DeLuca. Uh, made the cut at the Memorial. Made the cut at the St. Jude. Third at the Travelers and 22nd last week. So he's been playing really consistent golf. I think he'll be very popular at 9.5K this week. Um, I don't know, you know, Howell always tends to be somewhat popular and obviously flashed that form with a playoff loss last week. At 9,700, I don't know how popular he's going to be, but, you know, I I think he's at least worth a mention. But if you're looking at all these players in the 9K range, uh, at least the upper 9Ks, Bubba Watson, Bubba Watson lives, has a property. I don't know if he lives here full time, but he has a property here. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not enough to make me want to play Bubba Watson. The form is just awful. The Travelers Championship, he had the best course history in the field. I'm not paying $9,800 for Bubba Watson, though. No, thank you. I don't care what the ownership is. <laughs> no to Bubba Watson, but uh, Danny Lee is a fine play, and I think he'll be pretty popular this year. I think in a field like this, people might even talk themselves into Bubba. I did that two weeks ago. I'm not doing it again. <laughs> No bubble for me. You know, one of the guys standing out as far as DraftKings pricing, just looking at how cheap he is on DK compared to his odds, the next highest odds after um, after the 20 to 1 guys, that's Tony Finau. He's sitting there at 25 to 1. He's got better odds than Bubba, and he's sitting there at 9,100 on DK. So just using that logic, Finau should be a relatively decent play with a shot to win. 
Right? Yeah, absolutely. He's always a guy that uh, in DFS people love to play him. He was extremely highly owned last week, and he always tends to be. And he didn't get the price price change at all from last week. Now you look at some of these other guys. Uh, Howell is twenty seven hundred dollars more expensive than he was last week. Danny Lee is thirteen hundred more expensive than he was last week. David Lingworth is fifteen hundred more expensive than he was last week. So almost all these guys in this upper tier range, uh, they they got sizable price increases. And even if you go down to some of the eight K players. You've got guys that that have seen their prices jump substantially from a week ago. And Tony Finau has the exact same price tag as he has last week. And last week he was one of the the most popular golfers in the field. In fact, uh, let me see if I can pull that up here real quick. So last week, uh, we just got the weekend contest selected here. Let me go back. So let's pull up the, oh, like the $8 GPP last week. And Tony Finau was the fifth most popular golfer. And he was 22.6% owned. So, and that was with the price tag, you know, that seemed reasonable compared to last week's odds. And now this week he seems underpriced compared to his, compared to his odds. And he always is popular. So there's no doubt that you're probably looking at this being the most popular guy in the field this week. You know, and I'm seeing a lot of guys in this 8K range whose prices just jumped, you know, a couple thousand bucks. Streelman, he yeah. was he was under 7K about a month ago. Cockrack, he was under 7K a month ago. Kang, Holmes, Tillett, like a lot of these guys, again, you're really going to have to kind of swallow the medicine and go, well, I guess I have to play, pay, you know, 8700 for Jason Cockrack just because – that's the kind of field strength we're looking at. So which of these 8K range guys, I don't know. They all make me feel uncomfortable looking at the prices, Justin. Yeah, I mean, well, let me do something first. So if you look okay. at 2015, which was when Danny Lee won, there were three players tied for second, David Hearn, Kevin Kisner, and Robert Streb. Uh, Kisner's a big name, but the rest of them, you know, pretty much nobody. Uh, in 2014, Angel Cabrera was your winner here, and George McNeil finished in second place. None of those guys has done anything on tour in the last couple of years. In 2013, Jonas Blixt won the tournament, and Stephen Bowditch, who's made one out of 17 cuts this year, came in second, as in 2013. <laughs> 2012, Ted Potter won the tournament in a playoff over Troy Kelly. Charlie Belgian and Charlie Wee came in third. Who are these people? Exactly. That's what you, <clears throat> 2011, Scott Stallings was the winner and Bob Estes finished second. So this tournament, because A, you don't get the greatest field strength, you know, it brings out the most random winners. Stuart Appleby in 2010, in 2010 over Jeff Overton. Like there's a couple of names in here for the last five, six years. But outside of that, it's been a whole lot of who is that winning these golf tournaments which lends even more credence to the theory that if there's going to be somebody in this field that is going to be so popular to where he's 35% owned in tournaments, like Tony Finau is probably going to be this week. I'm just not that interested. I love Tony Finau as a golfer. He's a fantastic golfer. He's, he's playing great this year, but a, it's a par 70 course. It takes away his biggest weapon, which is the driver. I just can't, I don't know. I, I don't know how you feel, I guess. How do you feel about 
game theory in, in PGA. Obviously, I know you're you're pretty plugged into tournaments in yeah. all sports. I mean, to me, golf lends itself to the sport where if you've got a guy who's going to be massive chalk, I almost always have to entertain the thought of, of fading somebody because of that kind of ownership. Yeah, if I'm going to fade somebody, though, I want it to be for somebody else. I don't want to just fade for the sake of fading and then fading and just say, well, you know, I, there's somebody else I really like, but whatever, we'll see what happens. Like, it's got to be because I'm looking at the stats, looking at the course history, looking at the key stats for the week. And then I say, okay, well, instead of this guy, like instead of a Tony Finau, and I I want to say, well, what about this guy? Yeah, exactly. That's what I keep looking at. Like, maybe Jason Cockrack? Oh, I mean, he's somebody I always end up playing for reasons that I just don't understand. Like James Hahn, I, that's the pitcher for the A's. I don't know what he's doing in here. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so I'm looking at this, at this, uh, at this, at this list of players, and I and I know this week is going to be one of those weeks where I'm going to have to spend a couple nights just really digging in and seeing. Okay, if I'm going to fade Tony Finau, why am I going to fade him? I don't want to fade just for the sake of fading. Like that doesn't make sense to me. It makes sense if there's somebody I like more. Uh, you know, I haven't lost enough money with J.B. Holmes. Maybe I can go back to that well. Yeah, J.B. Holmes, he uh, he made the cut last week, but he kind of bit the dust on the weekend, mm-hmm. uh, really faded with yes. a difficult course last week. So uh, let's see. Finau here. Uh, Finau played here last year and came 13th. That was his first trip here. So, um you know, he's been playing really good. There's not going to be a guy in here in this range that probably yeah. stands up to uh, to Tony Finau in terms of stats, uh, yeah. especially this year. I mean, he's – Tony Finau broke into the PGA Tour with a reputation as, as purely a bomber, and that's all he well, – he could hit it a mile off the tee, but nothing else was good. And he's still not super accurate off the tee. That's never going to be a big strength of his. Um but he's really picked up the rest of his game. He's 16th in ball striking this year, which is leaps and bounds better than, than where he has been in the past. So yeah, the, the, the ownership is certainly going to go there and it's, it's probably going to be tough to find another guy in that range. Uh, if you want, I mean, probably the most logical pivot. And again, it's a guy that, that that's difficult to pay that kind of price tag for, but, but Streelman is the most logical pivot. Uh, if you look at, if you look at his numbers, four consecutive top twenties, uh, he didn't make the U.S. Open, so he didn't play there. But four <laughs> events since May 25th, and and he's come in the top 20 in all of them. Um, his stats are okay; they don't stand out like Finau's. But he's 71st out of, you know, 200 and some in strokes gained approach. He's 39th in ball striking, so he's above average statistically in a lot of the things that I'm going to look at for this course. Uh, I don't like paying 8,900 for, for Streelman, um, but I'm certainly going to play him over guys like Han and Kokrak. And I'm not playing Holmes right now. Holmes is just, he's off. I, I don't know what it is. Um, he, he played well at the U S open in a course that suited him. Well, a uh, course that, you know, he could take the driver out on almost every hole, but the, these shorter, tighter court, well, not necessarily a tighter course this week, but, a par 70 course just with the way Holmes is playing right now I'm not that interested I, I know his name kind of stands out there but uh, Sung Kang is the guy that that I think you know if you're in the mid 8ks um, he's having a great all-around season now he's a little bit more hit or miss he's had some bad finishes in there but uh, he came fifth last week and he really had a chance to win it except I don't know if you saw this um, but he was in contention 
on Sunday at uh, at the Quicken Loans, and I think they were on the 16th hole, and a rainstorm came through, and it was like a zero percent chance of rain all day, or ten percent, or something. <laughs> and a rainstorm came through, and he didn't have any rain gear in his bag. He had no umbrella, no no clothes, no nothing. He had nothing to protect himself from the rain. And he was standing over a like a four foot birdie putt on 16 that would have tied him for the lead. He had to turn. He turned his hat backwards, just trying to shield the raindrops from you know dripping off his oh hat. Oh my god! And uh, he missed the four foot birdie putt that would have tied him for the lead. So he still won back. And then he went and put his tee shot on 17 into the water, which in, in effect, uh, you know, ended his yeah. chances. <laughs> but fifth place finish, and that was enough to get him in the British Open. So he, he punched the ticket to the British Open. And uh, I mean, he's he's outside. He's had a couple of. Uh, starts where he missed the secondary cut but uh, other than that he's been having a real consistent season if you look back his last 10 starts on the DraftKings log there's not a single missed cut on there um, where he's missed the primary cut and you know he should be playing with some confidence after that uh, finish last week so uh, Kang and uh, and maybe Streelman are kind of my plays in the uh, in the AK I was really hoping you were going to say that, well, a, a storm came through and its name was Kyle Stanley. Like, I, I, I really thought that could have been fun. One of the nice things about Kang, too, is that he doesn't have that name value. Like, a lot of just normal guys, oh, I'll play some DK Fantasy Golf of the Week. A lot of those guys, they don't know who Sun Kang is. So that's going to lower his ownership. I kind of expect a lot of this range to be really, really low owned. Maybe that's one of the nice things we're looking at we're missing about this tournament is because if Finau is going to be so popular because he has the name value, because he seems too cheap, because people have won money with him before, I feel like this entire range with Streelman, Han, Cockrack, Kang, uh, maybe not Holmes, but I feel like all those guys are going to go under own. So we might be getting some extra added value if Finau, uh, you know, doesn't make the cut or doesn't perform well over the weekend. Now, of course, if he goes out and wins the uh, tournament, it's probably not going to be a good week for the Tommy female faders yeah. out there since he's going to be so popular. Oh, I last week was so I had a good week last week, so I can't complain. But um, it, it was it was really interesting for the female uh, camp last week. So he ended up being like the highest owned guy that I completely faded last week. So I, I was kind of following the leaderboard and, and hoping in hopes that he would miss the cut. Um, and you know he was in the lead on Thursday uh, through like ten holes. He was four under or something he was in the lead and he, he finished Thursday inside the top 10 and then Finau started his second round last week with a nine uh, so all of a sudden he went from ninth or 10th place to like straddling the cut line and he ended up making the cut last week on the number one more bogey and he would have missed the cut and he made like an eight foot putt on his second to last hole to make the cut uh, so, you know, that was obviously with a highly owned guy that you have zero of, you're kind of hoping that he uh, yeah. falls below there, but, and then he did what he does and he played extremely good golf on the weekend. He jumped back up from, you know, almost missing the cut to finishing 29th. And he really, I can't remember the last time that he has completely burned people when he was popular. His most recent miscut was at the players championship, which is a really strong field. He wasn't immensely popular that week. Um, I mean, he's just consistently been putting up finishes that either reward people for taking him or don't kill them for not taking him. And then when you factor in the price, you're right. He's going to be so popular. And these other guys are all kind of going to go overlooked. We usually have the initial round of projected ownership by the time we do our show. 
which Traco puts in the uh, premium content. It's, it's really valuable stuff, and he's really got oh. it narrowed down to a, a really, really good metrics that he uses for that. And we don't have it this week, unfortunately, since we're taping on Monday. Uh, but I'd be really surprised if he doesn't grade out as significantly higher than most of these other guys. Uh, if not, I mean, I think Streelman and, uh, and Kang are kind of my pivots. If you want to go into the low 8K range, I don't think this is the best course fit for him. But Jamie Lovemark has been playing pretty well lately. Uh, he has been making a lot of cuts. Nick Watney came out of nowhere and had a really good Sunday. Uh, had the best round on the course on Sunday last week with a 64. 64 yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's uh, on that course last week, that's a par 70 course. And he shot six under in a round where the winning score for the whole tournament was minus seven. So, I mean, it, it, it was just a course that was pretty hard to avoid the bogeys and the big numbers. So, I mean, those are other guys in the 8K range that'll go a little bit overlooked. I don't think they're the best plays for this venue. Uh, but if you're a current form guy over a, you know, course history or course fit guy, if you just take the hot golfers, Love Mark and Watney could uh, be guys that are on your radar there. You know, if you're a current form guy, we did skip over one person who has two straight top tens. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, <laughs> Keegan Bradley. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that. Boy, he snuck in there last week. Yeah, 9,400. He got fifth last week and eighth at the Travelers See, the week before. you're just filling in for Devo, so you feel like you have to mention Keegan, I understand. <laughs> That's Devo's thing. Um, I get it. I mean, I, he's another guy with the putter, as you just never know what you're going to get. Uh, you could put him and Webb Simpson on the same team and just really hate your entire weekend. That's they're really good. <laughs> Webb Simpson, if you're a shot tracker follower, Webb Simpson and oh. Bradley are the guys that'll make you. Um, well, that's well. funny. He's, his course history, too 29th, 4th, 46th, and 43rd. So four for four for Keegan. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I was not intentional to overlook him, but you uh, kind of wanted to, though, right? I, yeah, I, I <laughs> my bias probably will force me not to play him, but uh. I feel the same way about Webb Simpson. I just remember I was sweating like the British Open qualifier. I have a lot of Webb Simpson and he shoots just like the tin and the crisscross pattern comes up on shot tracker. And you're just sitting here saying, what is happening? When was that last week? He shot a tennis? No, it was, no, oh, okay. it was, it was like a month and a half ago, <laughs> Okay, but it was just awful. And I, he was the one guy who I loaded up on in all my tournaments and just, so I, I feel the same way about Weber as you do, uh, as you do about Keegan Bradley. So I feel like I'm not going to play him. And anytime I don't play him, well, we know, we know what happens. He just, he break, he's going to break my heart one way or the other. That's for sure. But that used to be Adam Hadwin for me. So everyone's got their vices. Everyone's got their guy, right. That they, they never get right. Yes. So yep. uh, mine know, is, mine is, him. mine is both Webb Simpson and every baseball player. So <laughs> yeah, that's about right. I have no problem playing Keegan this week. I actually like him. I mean, the stats match up. He's played well before, top 10 in each of his last two tournaments. Why not Keegan? Besides, not you know, us, right? yeah. But besides not wanting to go down that road, and I understand if you don't. <laughs> All right. So we talked about this 8K range and how it's kind of a lot of guys who you don't know and a lot of guys who aren't going to be popular. Now, scrolling down to this, uh, you know, upper 7K tier range, we got Xander, pronounce this last name for me. Shoffley. Shoffley. 
Yes. It's a great name. It is a great name. Plus, I mean, my problem is I always use the lineup builder. So it just says X Shoffley. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, it's too I'll, long. I'll, I gotta condense yeah. it down in there. Yeah. Well, and I just, it says, tells me to X the guy. So I always click the X button, which has not been working out lately because he's actually been playing pretty well. Um, what do we think of Sir Shoffley this week? Yeah. Yeah. He's been taking home some nice sized paychecks. Uh, he's a, he's a full-time rookie on the PGA tour. He just got his card this year. And I mean, the, the struggles were very real. I think he missed five consecutive cuts. If you go back towards the first part of the year. And I mean, it's a young golfers. That's going to happen. They either you know, learn and take their lumps on the PGA tour. And, and I mean, something finally clicked for him. He, he made a couple cuts and then uh, fifth at the U S open, which was remarkable in that field uh, for him to finish fifth. I mean, he wasn't really getting a ton of TV time, obviously with the, the other bigger names in there, but Fifth place finish at at, uh, at Aaron Hills. That certainly opened some eyes. 14th place the following week. Struggled a little bit last week in the first few rounds, but, I mean, he, he got progressively better on the weekend. He shot a 70 on Saturday, shot a 68 on Sunday, and, you know, a respectable 35th place finish. So uh, he's made five cuts in a row. He, he's, not, uh, he's not super long off the tee, but he'll keep it in play. He's 13th in ball striking on tour this year. I mean, you look at the na- some of the names that are above him, it's the likes of Russell Henley and Billy Horschel and Ricky Fowler and Keegan and uh, Matsuyama, Casey, Garcia, and Kyle Stanley actually leads the tour in ball striking uh, this yep. year. So, I mean, it, he's in elite company there with his ball striking ability. And 7,900, I mean, he, this is a guy that I put – he was in my video last week. Uh, I really like playing him when he's playing well. So, I think this is a this is a spot where you can – take him i don't think 7900 is outrageous for him uh his price actually went down from last week so again when we see guys in this field whose prices went down that also played last week i mean i think it's a really big indicator that that they could be worth a look um you know jimmy walker is kind of a name in this range but Mm -hmm. he's dealing with the lyme disease and, and um just hasn't been playing very well he's missed his last couple cuts so even though the price tag might look intriguing on him I'm not going to play him. Not going to play Siwoo Kim either uh, with the perpetual withdrawal risk. I'm surprised he didn't withdraw last week. I saw that. I saw that. I think you said that on Twitter, didn't you? The live odds had to be like minus 300 (laughs) that he was going to withdraw. I I don't know what the exact number is, but something like five mid-tournament withdrawals in in the last year. What's the reasoning for that? Uh, I don't know. I mean, he always cites a back injury, but uh, it's always when he's not playing well. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know. He just, I mean, if you don't make the cut, you don't get any money. So, you know, he just decides to check out more so than some other guys. I mean, you, you, you see the average player do it once a year, if that, um, but it's just too big of a risk for me. I think there's some other names in the seven K's that I like in the mid to lower seven K's, but the high end Shoffley is really the only one sticking out to me. What about Gary Woodland? 7,500. He's a guy who I just always end up playing. And I, <laughs> you laugh at me. That can't be no, a good not, sign. Not you, you, you snickered at me. No, I heard it. I said, I said, I always end up playing, and you just go, huh? And so, it's funny ahead. because he's actually the third golfer in my video this oh, week. So, oh no, um, not again. Uh, Woodland, do you know the backstory with him? Are you familiar with his wife and the twins and that? I'm not. So his wife was pregnant with twins, and a couple months ago, she lost one of them during pregnancy. Um, so obviously that I can't fathom that as a parent, um, you know, to lose one of your babies before they're born. And, but, but she, the other one was still 
okay. Um, that was probably back in May, maybe that that happened. And so he still tried to play for like two or three months with that, you know, family issue uh, surrounding him. And obviously the form has dropped off uh, over the last couple months, but uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm willing to obviously write that off because golf is a very mental game. Anytime something like that happens, you can forgive a guy for some bad runs. Mm -hmm. I'm surprised that he played as much as he did, but the good news is she successfully gave birth last week to the other one of the babies. Uh, so that's happy news and everything is, uh, should be on the mend in the, uh, the Woodland household and, you know, time heals wounds and, and having a, a successful birth of a baby is obviously going to help the coping process. So, uh, that's the good news. And mm -hmm. uh, obviously Gary Woodland based on his, his recent form kind of not being great is also a lot cheaper than we usually see Gary Woodland. So with this field strength being so poor uh, and the news on the home front being so much better and Gary Woodland's price being so cheap. I mean, I, I think this is a perfect time to, to, to fire him back up and uh, I'll have a lot of them this week. This field is just so weak and he's a, He's a class golfer that should probably be all other things being equal. I mean, if he hadn't played that much over the last couple months and the form wasn't such a factor, I think you'd see him at 9,000, maybe even higher uh, this week. It, do you have, you still have the odds that you found up? I'm curious kind of where he's at. I can find him really quick. He is, he's 55 to one. So he's got the one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He's, he's about 22nd, 23rd longest odds in the yeah, chart. And he's priced, you know, cheaper than your average yep. price per golfer. So, I mean, I like him quite a bit here. It's it's just a perfect recipe for him to uh, to get back on track. And I'm happy to hear that story. I mean, it was obviously heartbreaking. Oh, I can't even imagine. And, when did yeah, when did his wife have the kids? Um, I'm trying to find that uh, now. So it's March 29th that he shared the news of the. It was right before the Masters. Okay. Um, and that's unfortunately the only headline, of course, that I can find now. I'll, I'll circle back on it. If I find. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's one of those things where, you know, everybody's at home doing well and he gets out back on the road. And I, I'm a big fan of narratives in golf, like more than baseball, more than hockey, more than football, maybe not more than basketball, but I always tend to gravitate toward the narratives in golf just because like you said, it is such a mental sport. You can't just look at the stats and decide, okay, well this player's going to win because so many things can go right or wrong on a golf course on, you know, any given week. So anytime a guy like that has, you know, some extra motivation, extra focus, I am a big fan of it. Are you, are, it do you was, typically uh, play the narratives? Oh yeah. I like the narratives in golf. I mean, it is a mental game and uh, you know, obviously they work and they don't work sometimes, but it was 10 days ago. Um, Jackson is the name. Jackson Woodland. Ah, I like that name. I'm, so, I'm a fan of the name Jackson. All right. I, I'm definitely playing some Gary, Gary Woodland. The Gary Woodland yeah. narrative is in full force. If you lose money this week, it's not my fault. It is Justin's fault. If you if you make sure, in fact, if you lose, make sure you tweet at him. <laughs> Look, if, <laughs> if, if Gary Woodland stinks this week, there's nobody that's going to be more disappointed than me. So might as well pile on. Yeah, but people aren't interested in that. People just want to uh, people just want to tell you about it. <laughs> That's all right. Sometimes you need a shoulder to cry on. I'm here. Hey. To, I'm here to ignore your mean tweets. Boy, it may come in droves, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> what about the rest of this seven uh, K range? Because there are some there are some names. There's Grayson Murray who has not made any friends <laughs> over the last month. Right, Wait, has hey. Grayson Murray blocked you on Twitter? 
No, I only said one mean thing to it, but I haven't heard anything yet. That was Can, enough for me. Have, have you had like seen somebody say, let's really go out and embrace social media? If there was a poster child for who shouldn't be the guy doing that, I feel like Grayson Murray is it. Yeah, it's a very strong candidate. <laughs> um, somebody, somebody tweeted me last week on Wednesday and said, is Grayson Murray a good play this week? And by the numbers last week, he was a strong play. He was too cheap. Uh, he'd been playing really well lately. But literally, I, I, can't, I can't play him. Um, it's going to be a bias of mine, and I will just hope that he stinks. I mean, I can't. He's just – and, of course, I can't see his tweets now and his account's protected. Yet. I am not blocked by Grace and Maria. I just checked. <laughs> I am, and I did not – I've never tweeted at him. I only tweeted indirectly at him to somebody else without even tagging him in the tweet. Uh, but he still <laughs> managed to find the string and uh, block me. But uh, So last week, somebody said, is he a good play? And by the numbers, he was. And I honestly said, I'm not the person to ask. I'm not the person to ask about Grayson Murray. I'm going to tell you not to play him. Uh, but, I mean, he has made a lot of cuts in a row. The good news is he had, like, one of the worst rounds on the course on Friday last week. He barely how, enjoyable, how enjoyable is that for you to watch? Yeah, the Sunday 81 was very uh, – was okay. <laughs> That's uh, like when I shoot. <laughs> because, I mean, he was, like, 16% owned last week, and I, I was kind of wondering where he would fall, and he was popular. And, I mean, I understand the logic behind it, so – uh, really faded on Sunday. Obviously, that helped me. Uh, I'm not playing him this week. I, well, I'm gonna. You can just put that on repeat for a while. The, <laughs> the couple of names I think that are interesting in this range. And before I give you the name, uh, I gotta find the. Now I was. Oh, this is gonna be. This is gonna be ugly, isn't it? So we've got a guy who last week was third in strokes gained tee to green. He led the field in birdies. And he's been one of the best golfers on tour from tee to green over those last couple tournaments. If you could have that kind of form, would you be interested in said golfer at a, a 7K-ish price point? Uh, I, I'm going to say yes, and then you're going to say the name, and I'm just going to go like this, like very, very powerfully. So it's going to be Bryson DeChambeau. Oh, Lord Bryson. Bryson. Lord Bryson. Yeah. Is this, uh, isn't that the guy, isn't this the guy who just learns all the courses on the simulator? Yeah. And the, uh, he's got a weird putting stroke and he yeah. all his clubs are the same length and, and he wears the weird hat. He wears, he's, the, wears yeah, the weird yeah, hat. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Is this course uh, on the simulator? <laughs> I don't know. I have to ask him. Maybe it's yeah. uh, he's at the <laughs> six, he's 66 to one uh, right now, but I mean, I, Bryson is obviously a GPP only play. The guys missed yeah. a zillion cuts this year, but I mean, he came into the PGA tour as you know, he was going to be the next big thing. And like, like you don't wear a hat like that. If you're not going to be the next big, yeah, thing. I mean, you've got, you, you have the uh, utmost confidence. <laughs> so, and again, it takes guys some time. It takes everybody different amounts of time. I get it. If you want to take a flyer on him this week in a tournament, I think it makes some sense. I wish he was a little bit cheaper, uh, but he's a guy that you can certainly uh, give a shot out, a shot at in a tournament. Uh, ben Martin is another guy. I I played him last week, uh, basically out of nowhere, and he wasn't really that popular. But he's made quietly six cuts in a row now. Uh, he came fifth last week, had a really good round on Sunday. I like Ben Martin on these kind of mid-length par 70 courses. He's not the longest guy. He's not having the greatest season, but I think in this field, he's a, he's a fine play. Uh, what about want, my uncle? 
Um, ben Uncle, Crane. Yeah. Um, he's bald. I'm getting there. I got a haircut. <laughs> I got a haircut today. I'm working on it. <laughs> he's all right. You got the name uh, spelled a little different, but uh, it's okay. Oh, Uncle Ben. If you want I don't the, think... the nobody is going to look at this guy because he has no PGA Tour stats this year. Uh, Ted Potter uh, mentioned his name earlier in the show because he won this event in 2011. Uh, not 2011, 2012, maybe, or he was, uh, I can't remember when I was reading off all those results. I'd have to, yeah, 2012, he won here and he's, you know, he hasn't had the greatest numbers to kind of stick on the PGA tour, um, but he's playing full time on the web.com tour. And uh, he had an ankle injury a couple years ago that really set him back. So he's fully healthy now. Again, he won this tournament four years ago and he's fourth right now on the web.com tour in earnings this year. So he's playing really good. And this is essentially kind of a glorified web.com field. Like it's not a super strong field. We've said that a million times over the last 45 minutes. So, I mean, you got a guy that's fourth on the web.com tour in, in earnings. He's a great putter. He's won this very event in the past when he was playing full-time on the PGA tour. And I mean, he's, uh, he's 7,200 on DraftKings. So nobody's going to talk about Ted Potter, but uh, I'll play some Ted Potter this week. Uh, yeah, I just think he likes saying Ted Potter. I like saying Ted yeah. Potter. I got that going for him, too. Who do you think has better odds to win the tournament? Ted Potter or my Uncle Ben? Uh, Ted Potter's probably – well, I've got it up. Yeah, Ted Potter's 125 to 1. So. Yeah, and Uncle Ben is 150 to 1. So, yeah, oh, it wow. is. I, I would tell you I'm not a betting person. I'm not a sports better. But if you are in Vegas or uh, in somewhere where sports betting is legal. <laughs> like um, the internet. <laughs> 125 to one on Ted Potter would absolutely be a bet for me. <laughs> I don't want to have to root for Ted Potter on a Sunday. Come, come on, Ted Potter. I just need be two birdies. I'm just going to play him in DFS. So he, yeah. he pays off the price tag. I'm <laughs> okay. Well, you mentioned him. And like I said, nobody's going to play him. I can already tell this is going to be one of those weeks where I just spend so much time trying to navigate the web.com tour site, trying I, to I find the stats. I think that's a valuable use of time because it's one of my favorite things to do. Is. I mean, that's what this field is. You've got 25 or so names and the rest of them. I mean, a lot of these guys have played events on the web.com tour this year, or they've played events on the PGA tour and they've played them poorly. So it's not a horrible use of your time. What? A, okay. That's, that's interesting. We'll just get off topic just for a little bit. Just you know, we got 10 minutes left. What would be, that's one of my favorite things to do. Like if I'm looking for kind of an unowned guy, I jump on web.com. I try and navigate their site. It's not the easiest thing to do in the world. What Is are some, easier? Have you used the European tour site? Everything. Me walking to Europe and like handwriting down the stats would be easier than navigating the Euro tour site. It's that awful. thing is just unbelievable. Come on, Europe, get it together. What are some other kind of under the radar stats that you like to look at throughout the week? Yeah, I mean, I will really start before. I, so what I do is like on today, it's usually Tuesday, mm -hmm. um, but I will kind of narrow it down to just based on my initial research, maybe 35 guys that I think are worth a look. Um, sometimes a little more, sometimes a little bit less. And then when the ownership projections start to come out, you know, and I can identify maybe one or two guys there where there's, you know, similarities in price and, and I like them about the same. I can kind of start to knock off the guys that are going to be a little bit higher owned. 
maybe knock off some guys that don't cut the mustard statistically on a deeper look or something like that. And then I'll kind of just gradually narrow that down. And I always try to get it down to about 20. Mm-hmm. And if I'm, you know, even if I'm max entering a GPP, I usually never try to use more than 20 guys. That, that seems to be the sweet spot for me. Um, you kind of get an average ownership of around 30% on those guys. Obviously you go a little bit more on some, a little bit less on some, but uh, you're not diluting your player pool too much by doing that. Um, but yeah, I really like to plug into the projected ownership. Obviously tea times come out on Tuesday afternoons. Uh, if there appears to be a weather advantage, you can, you know, make your tie breaking decisions that way. So that's kind of how I'll narrow down, you know, I'll find my 30 or 35 guys that I like on my own. And then throughout the week with stats and projected ownership and weather, I'll kind of, you know, take about 10 guys out of there and then I'll end up having the pool of golfers that I end up using for my lineups that I'll build, you know, on Wednesday. Yeah. And I think it's really important what you just said about narrowing that player pool. People always say, Oh, he plays 150 lineups. Well, he gets to play everybody. You're not going to win doing that. Get that player pool as narrow as possible. I'm a big fan of that. That's how you get those big wins because I mean, if you're, if your core goes off, you're going to have a really, really good week, whether it's golf, uh, football, you know, whatever. Um, I'm sitting here looking at a guy who I have played over the last two months, not successfully, but he was, God, he was over eight. He was over eight K three weeks ago and he has a fun haircut. Brian Gay, any interest there? Oh, wow. He was playing well a few weeks ago. He does have an interesting haircut. Yep. Um, he's all right. I mean, this is the type of course that would suit him. He's not a bomber. No surprise that he's struggled on some of the, the courses recently. I don't hate it. I really don't. Um, it's he's a better play than, you know, a lot of the other guys in here. Um, you know, Luke Donald, who hasn't flashed much form. I know Blix has had success here in the past. Uh, I think he's worth a look. I mean, I'd play him over kind of the next four guys down from him uh, before you get guys that I'm interested in. Uh, Stuart Sink is probably going to be one of the most popular value plays this week. He's a guy that Outside of the one week where I played him and he missed the cut, uh, he had missed, he had made, you know, he's made like eight out of nine or something like that. He was really popular at the RBC, wasn't he, too? Yeah. Oh, he was yeah. really popular. Yeah. The, yeah. The, the uh, you know, the, there's two weeks that he missed the cut that he tended to be relatively popular. And, you know, then his ownership went back down. He, he has failed when he has been chalky, uh, which he will be this week. So that's a little bit of a concern. But I think Stuart Sink at 6,900 is certainly worth a look. Uh, my GPP play in that range and Dan Bach did not pay me to mention him. Um, but Curtis <laughs> Luck at 7k, uh, he's kind of Dan's guy. We, we joke about that occasionally. Uh, but, but Curtis Luck was, uh, one of the top amateurs and he's been one of the top players on the web.com tour for a little while as well. Uh, he's earned more and more starts on the PGA tour where he was kind of taking his lumps. Uh, but fifth last week, a really solid four days. He, he didn't blow up. Uh, he didn't ever really fall down the leaderboard. He he didn't get the big numbers. He made 18 birdies. I mean, this could be a guy that's finally ready to capitalize on all that talent that he has. He's 7K, and he was in the top 10 last week in putting, and that's been his big issue. If he can putt, kind of like Webb Simpson, if he can putt, I think Curtis Luck is worth a look as a GPP play this week. He's not safe. He is not safe by any stretch. If you want a safer play, you know, go with sync. Uh, but Curtis Luck, I think uh, I think he's worth a, a peek in some tournament lineups. We don't need no safe options here. Where's the fun in that? So the all hard right. so the all heart attack team, we got Curtis Luck, we've got Webb Simpson, and we've got Keegan Bradley. 
That's, that's what we're looking at, right? Solid three right there. Uh, so that's who you're saying I should be playing in cash games. <laughs> no. <laughs> don't do not. that. Don't do it. Whatever you do, don't play any of those three in cash games. All right. Who are some of the other value options? You mentioned Sync. We like luck for tournaments. I'm probably fading Luke Donald. Any interest in Harris English at seventy at seven thousand? Yeah, Harris English is a he's a more talented golfer than that price tag would indicate. Mm-hmm. Is his results have been all over the place. He's had some good finishes. He's the problem that Harris English has is avoiding the big round, avoiding the nine, avoiding the triple bogey. Uh, a couple weeks ago, Harris English went from ninth, like to a hundredth in one hole. <laughs> uh, I tweeted this when it happened. Harris English put up an eleventh a couple weeks ago on a again on a, scores I make on one hole. He put three consecutive tee balls into the water and had to re-tee every time. So he's hitting a seventh shot off the tee box. Um, I would not be doing that. My, you know, s- drop would be uh, significantly down the fairway somewhere, you know, uh, give it the old two club links and a kick or something like that. Oh, uh, come on. If you're, if you hit one in the drink, you gotta go for the retake. Yeah. Come on. Well, you gotta, yes, but only <laughs> once. I uh, no, balls. you keep, you keep going. Like you just, you have the, but you don't use the real golf balls. You kind of pull out the crappy golf balls oh, yeah, from your that. bag. You definitely don't use the really good golf ball. <laughs> Anytime the water comes into play, that is the absolute uh, strategy. You put the you put the ball that you've been using in your pocket, and uh, <laughs> you hit the one that uh, you know you don't care if you hit it in the drink because well, if you're me, you know it's probably going there if the water's there. So outside of sink at sixty nine hundred, like this field really drops off. There's there's mm-hmm. not a guy that I've identified that I really love below him. Uh, Matt Jones at sixty eight hundred is probably okay. Uh, he's fighting to keep his PGA Tour card, which I think is relevant at this time of year, especially in a weaker field. So Matt Jones, I don't hate. Nick Taylor at 6,700 has, you know, had a pretty good season, had a really good Thursday last week and finished inside the top 30. Uh, so Nick Taylor, I think, is interesting. Chris Kirk's lost me money the last couple weeks. Yeah, Chris Kirk hasn't been playing that great. Probably not a guy that I'd be on at this no. point. No, um, I tried that. It did not work at all. He was one of my highest uh, owned golfers two weeks ago. Uh, Mackenzie Hughes at 6,300 is a Canadian guy that's uh, been playing pretty well the last month or so. Uh, Billy Hurley's a guy I played last week as the defending champion of the Quicken Loans. He's probably the name that people will recognize down here at 6,200. I don't have it up, but uh, he's probably got reasonable odds compared to the other complete crappers in this field. I'm not interested. He just didn't play uh he didn't play well last week and, and hasn't been playing great golf this year so hey, that that's it's really 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 ugly in the 6k's this week and that's part of what's going to make uh, Stuart sink so popular you know and i'm sitting here looking at 6600 I, I do not want to see anything on twitter in four days about boo weekly oh that's just the worst whenever like because i'm never going to play boo weekly what was it two weeks ago at the travelers he was fifth and just a few random people are on twitter just like boo and i'm like boo yeah it was <laughs> not with, fun for me he withdrew last week after like six holes with uh tendonitis so uh yeah he's uh ho- hopefully don't uh roster him this week i got nothing against boo weekly he's fun to follow but uh, i'm not playing him this week and then there's guys down here you wouldn't be surprised if somebody popped like a vaughn taylor or cameron tringali but the current form just isn't there with those guys. It, it is a cool story that Davis Love the Third and his son are playing in the same tournament, but I mean I can't really get excited about a whole lot of guys. Down here. Well, wait, who's got a caddy for Drew Love if Davis Love is playing? 
Good question. I do not know that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got about 45 seconds left, Justin. Are you, you know, you're talking about you don't really love anybody down in this range. Are you looking at a more balanced lineup construction this week? Yeah, I think the balanced lineup is certainly in play. Take a lot of guys in the 7K range, a Gary Woodland, um, you know, uh, uh, Xander Shoffley, something like that, and, and build your lineup from there. So it should be fun. We got the John Deere Classic next week in, uh, in my backyard. So are you going to be going? I will be there for the weekend. All right. Is this one of the things where I ask if you can, if I can come up and then don't show again? Sure. Absolutely. Okay. Cause that's what I did a couple of years ago. And I said, Hey, I'll come up. You go, come on up. And I'm like, Oh wait, I can't make it. Uh, <laughs> that's okay. Justin, it's been a lot of fun. We're going to have to do this again sometime. What do you say? Absolutely. Thanks so much for filling in. I got you, buddy. Well, for Justin, I'm Eric. We'll see you guys later. Peace. And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> All right. Save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations. And now, an ad from Dad. <clears throat> all right. Save money on car insurance when you bundle home and auto with Progressive. Can I take these off? All right. What is this? This looks good. Wow. That's well made. Where did you get this? I'm talking to you with the hair. Yeah, where did you get this? It's good stuff. That's solid. That's not veneer. That's solid stuff. Progressive can't save you from becoming your parents, but we can save you money when you bundle home and auto. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Discounts not available in all states or situations.